What's up, everybody? Happy Wednesday. Welcome to Action Movie Anatomy. We are covering the very first female-led film in the MCU. And I'm joined by the amazing Roxy Schreier. We will see you in just one second. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Action Movie Anatomy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been too long, Roxy Stryer. Where is my invite? Where is my invite been? Did we even play this music the last time you were on the show? See, I don't remember whether you played it or when your betrayal partner and you mm, used to play it yes. during Schmodown. I can't remember which one I'm I'm recognizing it from. It's been so good. Yeah, it's been so many years of us all kind of living in the same worlds and spaces that it does kind of all just blend. Together. What did not blend was the fact that I knew I had not been on the show in years. I yeah, well, so funny story. Ben <laughs> didn't know he was wasn't going to be here today. Today. I didn't know he wasn't going to be here. You didn't know he wasn't going to be here until a few days ago. Uh, but that's just kind of the way it works. We were very excited to have you on. We we all watched the movie together at a screener. Yes, we did. We sat next to each other <laughs> and uh, we had some some differing opinions. Yes, very very differing opinions. But we'll get to that in just a moment, guys. Hi. Welcome to Action Movie Anatomy. I'm Andrew Guy. This is Roxy Stryer. That's true about me. She's, uh, you know, <laughs> she's quite the stud. Um, we're covering Hello. Captain Marvel today, and as she said, we have very differing opinions, but I'm very excited to talk about it, and I also think that after, it's been about a week since we've seen it, I feel like I've... I've started to like it a little bit more. I've been thinking about it a lot. You've calmed down. You've settled yeah. in. <laughs> well, because I feel like... This has been a movie that has been discussed so much, and the opinions have been so radically different from the people in our space. And it also feels like um, some people are kind of scared to voice their opinions on how they feel about it. I've absolutely noticed that to be true, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. And I understand that because it is the MCU's first female-led superhero film— People who don't like the movie don't want to say that because they don't want to knock the film. They want right. to support what it's standing for, but in actuality, they just didn't like it. And it has nothing to do with the fact that it's a woman, and right. it has nothing to do with the fact that it is anything else other than they just didn't like the movie. And you should be allowed to say that. Now, that's not where I stand, but right. if you feel that way, you should be allowed to say that. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I just think you need to be very... Uh Pointed when you're in, in articulate when you're saying why you didn't like it. So I'm just like it just wasn't good. It wasn't cool. So hopefully we'll do a better job than that today. You're uh, kind of touching on my thesis a little. Oh, bit. am I? All I'm right, not I'm not even gonna lie. I'm excited. Uh, so guys, welcome to Action Movie Anatomy on the Popcorn Talk Network, the network dedicated to talking all things movie related and pop culture by the bucketfuls. Uh, we usually hop into the trailer, but we can't do that anymore. So we're gonna talk about the rules. <laughs> and uh, before we get into the rules, I do want to shout out our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/TeamAction. We have two new people to salute Jillian Marie and Zachary Taylor I salute you Roxy I salute you too for you. Um, well I think that your Patreon is one of the best Patreons there is really I, yeah I love your guys Patreon I think you did an amazing job with it and I there's two new names this week but hopefully you'll get five more names and then ten more names and a hundred more names because you guys do a bomb job with it I really appreciate you saying that because you also have a Patreon that I love your videos I watch your reviews Ben and I have been subscribers for a long time um, thanks what, man what is the actual it's just, just patreon.com slash Roxy Stryer right? yeah. Yeah. yeah so guys go and give her a look give her a follow give her some support because she is amazing we're going to get into the rules here rule number one the hero always plays by their own rules uh how do you feel about carol playing by her own rules rocks yeah damn right right totally. she totally does she always has once she figures out what those rules are yeah 
right, takes right. her a minute to remember what her rules are, but once she gets there, she gets there. Yep, yep, 100%. Uh, rule number two, the hero and the villain are always the smartest people, beings, creatures, animals, dinosaurs in the room. Who's the true villain in this movie? That's the really hard part of this, uh, because obviously, change, spoiler alert. Oh, for, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. For I, all the people. Um, <laughs> thank you for doing that. I meant to say at the top of the show, you were like, we're spoiling everything, right? Yeah. We are spoiling everything. All the spoils. All the spoils for Captain Marvel. I don't think we've done them yet, so great catch. Well, I just thought about why is milk spoiled and things are spoiled? Why is that word the same thing for both things? I don't know, but spoiled milk is just horrible. I mean, that's the worst. It's maybe as bad as spoiling Captain Marvel for people like we just maybe did for maybe somebody. Did. Well, we don't, I don't know. Sorry don't if that milk. was worse than spoiled milk for you. Uh, what was I saying about Captain Marvel? Uh, who's Carol the real villain? Oh, villain. So it changes halfway through the movie, right. uh, which is, you know, at first you think Jude Law is all good and dandy and fine, and some people even thought that he was going to be Marvel. Mm-hmm. And and you think that the scrolls are the villains, and then we get... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. That's switcheroo. So I, I think a lot of people's actual problem with this movie was that there wasn't one steadfast villain. And that's kind of been like an echoed sentiment in the MCU for a long time, like that they have weak villains. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I always completely agree with that, but in this film, I did feel a little bit of that. I had heard that Jude Law was cast as Marvel early on when he first got announced to the film. Luckily for me, I didn't really know anything about. It didn't mean anything. Yeah, it didn't mean. I was like, okay, cool. (laughs) That means he's good or bad. I don't know. Um, Yeah, I think. I mean, she's definitely the smartest person in the room because she kind of has to figure out everything slowly on her own. Like, and literally the smartest when we see her first meet Sam Jackson, and he thinks that he knows better, and she's like, "No, there are aliens, you moron!" Right? She's the smartest person in that room. I loved seeing young Sam Jackson and young uh, Agent Coulson, like. And they're and like how ignorant and naive they were to everything. And by the way, something that's not being talked about that much is whatever de aging thing that they did. Yeah, that was incredible. Yeah, Nick Fury as a young Nick Fury, he looked. I did, wasn't thinking about it the whole movie. It just was was fact. I know it was almost to the point to where I was. I was if I didn't know better. I would just think they did an incredible makeup job. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because it just looked so real. But there's just. The guy's 70 years old. I know. And he's still killing it. I know. And even the way he was moving, I was like, go on with your bad self. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. do you. Yeah. He's he's amazing. I mean, he was probably... Their relationship was my favorite part of the film. I thought that he was so uh, engaging, and the, the two of them together was super fun. I agree. Uh, three, the movie is driven by a police, military, or political figure. Yeah. I mean, she's in a... She's well. She's not an Avenger yet, but she's like working with the police. She's working with Sam Jackson and Shield. Yeah, and I that. think she's in her in the Cree version of military or whatever that is. Yep. So. <laughs> yep. That works. Uh, I just sounded real real smart on this <laughs> subject. Yeah, she's in the version of the military. Whatever that is. Whatever Cree that thing. is. Uh, and then finally, the movie contains a minimum of one explosion. I mean, she is a literal explosion of just 
magnificence. Towards the end, yeah, she's she is the explosion. She literally is it's an her. explosion. Uh, I think that might be the first one where our main character is the explosion. So, guys, today on the show, we're going to get into Roxy's top five women of the MCU. This is kind of a tease for the Action Guys episode we're doing this week. Um, ben and I are going to rank all the women in the MCU and our favorites. So, I figured, what better way to tease that than have Roxy talk about hers, especially because she knows so much more about the universe than I do. I thought you were going to say about women. Well, I mean, you probably do, too. I was raised by four women, so I think I have that much more than, like, most men. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But, yeah, you definitely know women way more than I do. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, and then we have our AMA question that is uh, sponsored through our new game that we're doing on Instagram. And uh, Brie Larson, over, under, or proper rated. She won an Oscar, what, like, five, or uh, in 2015, I think. And she's only been in five movies since then, including this. Kind of wild. Which is insane. So kind we're going to talk about. I can't wait to hear your thoughts on that one. I, I really, because, yeah. Don't I, yeah, tell I, me. I can't wait. I can't wait either. Um, and it really quick shout out to Paul Denuso. You, you gave so much love to the Patreon. Paul's kind of taken that over. Uh, so it means a lot to me to hear you say that, especially someone that's working their ass off so hard in the business. So Paul, thank you so much. Everyone in Action Industries, thank Paul's you guys. Paul's a G. Paul's a G. Ridiculous. He really is. Everyone yeah. that is working with us there is absolutely amazing. So, uh, Without further ado, oh. and I missed the trailer because I, I really liked this trailer. I thought it was a pretty badass trailer. Which which one of the trailers? Well, we're not going to watch them. Did you like? But you um, said you liked. I liked the first full length one, not the teaser one, and not the ones that came out with, but just the first full length one. I felt like it just got me really hyped. It got me the place I'm I wanted to be. Not that into any of their marketing. Really? Yeah, and I was super nervous going into this movie because. If anybody's supposed to like this movie, and for the iTunes listeners, I'm doing air quotes. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm supposed to like this movie. Like, right. I love superhero movies. I am a woman. I've been waiting for the MCU to do this kind of thing. I should love this movie. And I was watching all the trailers, and I was like, oh, oh no. Really? I'm not going to like this movie. That's so interesting, because I think I had the opposite effect of, like, I have these rose-colored glasses on now for everything MCU. It's just all been so perfect that I think I just saw it, and I was like, it's going to be great. It's going to be so, so good. Um, and I almost think that my expectations kind of ruined my experience a little bit. So Maybe uh, mine helped mine. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I, I know I need to watch it again, and then I know I need to do it in theaters. So, um... Thesis statement, that's your biggest, boldest thought about the film. If you were at a party, a Captain Marvel party, and you could only say one thing the entire night, you would say this thing, drop the mic, take a shot, and then leave. Mm-hmm. Or maybe take a shot beforehand, too. Um, do you want me to go first? You want to go first? I don't know. You tell me. I'm so... Okay, so full disclosure, Roxy's like, I got a weird one. Well, what, here's what I thought about coming here. I was like, all right, if you remember, Drew... I've made a, an impact on this show with my thesis statements in the past. Everyone has been talking about how you and I always have very similar thesis yeah, statements. And uh, Chumbawamba will never <laughs> be the same. No, it will not. So I was thinking, you know, I could do a thesis statement that just talks about how much I love this movie or okay. why this movie is great for me or what it represented. But that would be a singular approach about how I feel. And I thought that this should be a thesis statement more about what the movie is. Okay. Do you want me to give it to you? I'm so curious now. Okay. Captain Marvel is the cilantro of superhero films. <laughs> now, let me explain. Let me, love, let me explain. I, I already love where you're going with this. So, yep. the people that love Captain Marvel, they really, really liked it. I love cilantro. And, and they love cilantro, yep. and they love Captain Marvel, 
And the people that don't like cilantro, they are actually, it tastes like soap to them. They're repulsed by There is a gene inside them, and they do not like it. But when you ask them to explain why don't you like it, they can't really do it. Right. Because there's not, it just doesn't taste good to them. And that's everybody who doesn't like Captain Marvel, which, by the way, the percentages are pretty similar to Captain Marvel and cilantro. If you look on Rotten Tomatoes, (laughs) 80% of uh, critics liked it and 20% didn't. And with cilantro, it's about 15% of people who don't like it. So pretty Pretty similar. And the people that don't like it, they just say, it just wasn't for me. I don't like the way it tastes. And they can't really go into it too much. Like, they just say, the character, it just didn't taste good to them. Just overall. And so, that's part of it. But then, also, never have I ever heard anybody say, cilantro is my favorite food. Okay, yeah. And never have I heard anybody say, Captain Marvel is my favorite movie. This movie was my favorite. So the people who like it really like it. Right. But it's it's not it's not pasta. I cannot get over you and your thesis statements. But it's pretty like, accurate, right? I, you could drop that damn mic and walk out. That is I came so, to the party. I came to the party. That is so incredibly hilarious and like poignant. It's so true. Because you're right. Because when I walked out, and, and again, this is like what I do for a living. I had a very hard time articulating why I didn't like it. But I was like, I need to really do a good job here so it's not just like, I don't like female-driven superheroes. Because right. I do. You have to be very specific. But it's hard to be when you just don't really like the way something tastes. Yeah. Like, it just didn't, And people were like, well, it's the characters, the villain. But it wasn't like there was one moment in which it turned or there was once. It just kind of tasted like soap. This is so... Okay, so now whenever I hear Chumbawamba or think of cilantro, yeah, or see cilantro I'm going to think of you. Uh, guys, you're welcome. Go watch the Last Samurai episode that Roxy Schreier was on. She does the greatest, greatest thesis on there as well. Um, is that the sweating episode? No, the sweating episode is The Edge of Tomorrow. She's um, been on for land... Every episode you're on is a milestone. Something. I knew the answer to that question. I just wanted to ask it. No, anyway. you just wanted to bring just it. Just throw it out. <laughs> Just to throw it out there, see how it's stuck. Oh my God, she was a champ too. You just ignored it. You just kept looking me in the eyes and then. You're going to have to do that for me today because holy crap. I'm dying. I'm dying as well. I'm in a fur sweater. Why (laughs) did I do this? It's like 70 degrees in L.A. again. I know. I didn't know that at 5 in the morning when I left my house. Oh my God. Now I know. Uh, Really quickly here, uh, do you see this? Is that like donation? Oh, yeah, this is a super chat. So this is a new thing that goes on on YouTube. Thank you to the prince that wasn't promised yeah. who just gave $10 to the super chat. Yeah, YouTube does this thing. I don't even know what it is, but yeah, the prince who wasn't promised. Thank you so much. Do you want to tell me a little bit what it is? Well, or? People who are liking what you're doing on YouTube can donate money to what you're doing. That's so cool. Thank you but so send much. Send that person to your Patreon as well. Yeah, absolutely. He actually is already a patron. We're going to shout him oh, out next God. week, but we'll shout him out twice. Uh, so thank Love you so much. People. Yeah, that's that's amazing, and, and thanks for everyone in the chat. So my thesis, my first week one was that, like I've never loved a cat more in a film, just because I was so shocked by it. The cat's so badass. I love that we finally see why Fury lost his eye. You love that moment. Okay, so I don't. That's very love, polarizing. Yeah, I don't actually love how it happened, but I like that I at least know now. And then the fact I think if they allude to the Thanos scratches being from the same cat later on. Then maybe I can get on board a little bit more because then Fury got the same thing that happened to Thanos, but he only lost. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I think that with the the cat slash Flarkin, whatever you want to call yeah. it at this point, Flarkin. it it was. I'm like you. I like to have answers. Right. So the fact that I know 
was okay, but that being the reason, he's supposed to be this bad-ass yeah, yep. war hero. Same and when way. that happened, I kind of, it was one of the only moments in the movies where I put my hands up to my face and was like, no, was don't the- give people a reason to dislike this. I was the same way. Cilantro. Don't overuse the cilantro. (laughs) You don't want cilantro puree. I am in the same boat. I was like definitely a little bummed out about how kind of weak it was, but I at least liked that I knew the answer. So that was my first one. But then I realized after the film ended and and I saw both the post-credit scenes, and you know, again, I didn't love Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. I didn't love this movie. But what I did love was that the endgame scene and her showing up and after like realizing how powerful she is and then seeing her in the room with those people, I was like, I've never been more excited to see a character in another film. Oh, my gosh. The prince who wasn't promised just d- jumped to 20. Go, What a prince. stud. You, I love you. Thank I think you, you were prince. promised. <laughs> But um, I'll be here all hour. I'll be, all, yeah, I'll be here until 1230 or 130. Um, but, yeah, so I think, I think that's my true thesis now because you see how powerful she is and you realize, like, you need her. Half of the world is half the universe is gone, including half of the Avengers. How are they ever going to stop Thanos? And it's literally her now. It I is love just that her. thesis, and I love how excited people are for her based on that mid-credit scene, seeing her interact with them and show up. Right. And a, a lot of people are also saying, "Listen, it's challenging when you had this standalone and you're part of this bigger wheel to impress people. Mm-hmm. We've lived with Cap, we've lived with all these other characters. We've lived with Cap. We've lived with Iron Man. We've lived with Thor for." Years, almost a, a decade. decade. Yeah. So it's obviously going to be hard when Captain Marvel comes in, and this is essentially her phase one. You yeah. know. So I think people are really excited to see how she comes into this. I'm a little nervous about that. I, I am too, because I think if it isn't done to the way kind of like that, I'm so excited about. Then I think it's just going to be it's going to be really hard to get people on board with Captain Marvel because this was already such a polarizing film to the audience. I agree with that. And also, she we saw at the end of this movie how powerful she is. Yeah. So I'm not going to believe anything less than I will kick anybody in everybody's butts because I am the number one strongest person in the MCU now. Right. But also, um, again, spoiler alert for Infinity War, half the people are gone. Right. So what is she going to do about... How is her coming back going to... Fix that. Yeah, I know. The whole Soul Stone thing and the snap. We, yeah. we all wonder what's actually going to happen I don't there. Know. Um, oh, man, you said something and I just wanted to ask about it. Oh, okay. So the whole, why why is it that Captain Marvel is, is, is as powerful as she, as she is? Like, why is she the most powerful thing in the universe? Do you know why? Because of what we saw that all of that power went into her from. Just from that, that's it. Just like that thing going off because it was like a Kree weapon. Prior to that, she's a soldier. Right. So obviously she's stronger than the average human mm-hmm. being. But then when that happens, everything's enhanced. And then when she goes with the Kree, I think with all of the training she does there and all of the testing she does there, it's the combination of those three things. The soldier, the power that's put in her with what I call, it's like radiation. But it's well, is not it the really, Tesseract? Yeah. Too? Right, right. That's why. Okay, right. I was like, why again? Uh, I remember. You only, I've only seen the movie once. So, yeah. You know. <laughs> uh, well, and now that thing's inside of Flarkin? 
or whatever. Or it was. Yeah, yeah he right. just pukes it out. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious. A flarkin. I love it. Uh, okay, guys, so those are our thesis statements. Let us know what yours are in the chat. Um, it's not as easy to read the chat today, but you guys love conversing with one another. So pop them in there and let us know what you think about our thesis statements. We are going to hop into the next moment. That is our fist pump moment. That's when something happens in the movie. You look around in the theater. You know, people might stand up or clap, which happened a lot in this movie. You want to call your best friend like, holy shit, go and turn on Captain Marvel to this scene because... People stood up. I thought sit they did. down. Yeah, I know. Down I, in front. People get so excited. See, you just did this big intro and it was awesome, and I wanted to ride the wave, but I couldn't help the stand up. It's true. It's it's because I think. It, well, I'm a person that thinks it's weird when you clap at the end of movies too. I, I get it because they're not there. They're not there, but I understand it. No, I We're clap. We're all like, yay! I we clap. all enjoyed it together. I, did even, too. I think, like to think they feel it. Yeah. You know, when somebody's talking about you and your ears tingle or whatever that is, it's like that. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe they don't feel it at all. But Did I think feel it's me way clapping? less weird than standing. Did you feel me clapping when I watched Crazy Bitch on your Instagram story? Did and you like it? YouTube? I did, guys. You gotta go, Roxy. It was a short film that yeah, you were it was just a started. Short that we did. It's on my YouTube, which is just my name. Yeah, you guys gotta go check it out. It's so fun to. I, we did a show for a long time. <laughs> table reading together we have not really seen each other act much so anytime we get to it's it's a treat this weekend i know i know roxy's got a feature i gotta read her table read i'm so excited uh what is your fist pump moment you want me to go first on this one again oh no i'll go first then i don't want to just put it all on you it's fine i'll do it if you just want to copy all my stuff i well see that's the one thing i figured since our opinions were so differing i might not actually steal your stuff but this is the one where i think i might no then you should uh, let me go first. Well, mine's <laughs> written down in print. You guys see oh, this? I printed it. It's not changing. I printed it. I'm not stealing anything. Mine's kind of in print. Um, so I think my moment that I realized that Captain Marvel was as awesome as she was and as powerful as she was, I loved when she realized that the thing on her neck was actually hindering her powers and not giving her powers. Because I was on... I thought that they were... I thought it was, too. Again, I am so ignorant to the... The tie... My... With one arm tied behind my back. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think... I think that I have... I thought it was written down as my favorite line. Oh, no. I have a different favorite I line. I love that, too, Drew. Because yeah. it was... You kind of live your life doing what you assume the people around you that care about you tell you. Yeah. You know? Like, if, if your parents were telling you your whole life, something's on you to to help enhance something or to just help you, you, you know. Would never think you about it. You wouldn't question it. Especially and if you had superpowers. You'd be like, oh, this is my superpower thing. This is helping or this is helping to control all of that. Whatever you thought, you would think it was for good. Yeah. That that was a awesome moment right. because she grew smarter. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing about this movie is you can't have Captain Marvel physically have to like beat someone. You can't. You have to have her mentally conquer herself because she's so powerful. It just wouldn't work if she like had a hand-to-hand combat at the end of the movie with someone and they like actually unless it was Thanos, I guess, but they actually like held their own weight with her, it wouldn't work. He has big hands. He does have very large hands and a glove to go with it. Which is the point you were making, right? Yes. <laughs> I'm glad I'm picking up what you're bringing yes, down. Yes, we're on the same wavelength. But yeah, I just thought that it was it was such a cool thing because really she can't just ha- she can't overcome someone else. She has to overcome herself, and yeah. that's why I love that. It's a great pick. I love that moment. For me, it was the moment that I felt like I could identify with the most. Usually, that is my fist pump moment yeah. in films, and it was when she realized that humans get back up again, and yes. we see that montage of her getting back up as a little kid, getting back up as a soldier, getting back up as a human, as an adult, right. and I kind of was just like, you know. 
<laughs> it was written as my second thesis. It says getting out montage. So we're still doing what we did two years ago. Good, good. I'm glad we're <laughs> simpatico. Sorry, I don't it, want to interrupt. It was just... It just was something that I could connect to because you see all these Marvel movies and even if it's Iron Man who really doesn't have powers without the suit. Right. I can't relate to being a billionaire. No. I'm not like, yeah, that lesson, I can apply that exactly to my life because Mm -hmm. that's me. But what I can relate to is being a human who, regardless of what happens, we do get back up. And that's not the same as other species. So I thought that was really cool and smart that they put that in there, that one of Captain Marvel's biggest strengths is being human. Yeah. Which is really cool. That I, I love it, and that's that's why I wrote it down too. That when that moment well, that happened, was your second pick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't steal it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, in the theater, I think everyone kind of looked around and had that moment because it's so, you know. And they say it in Spider Man too, and they just had it in Into the Spider Verse, like you keep getting back up and keep getting back up. But to kind of just have it as is, it's not about being a superhero; it's about being human. And that's as we know in this business, that's literally all you can do. Is yeah. Just keep picking yourself back up and it, moving forward. It had a little cheese element to it. A little bit. And I l- thought it was the perfect amount yes. of yeah. cilantro. I, it, was, <laughs> it was just, it could have gone further, longer, but it didn't. And I, I thought like somebody came in and cut this so well because right. I'm sure they shot 10 more moments of her getting, like getting up, up throughout. Yeah, yeah. And they picked the exact amount where I was done. Mm-hmm. By the time that she said what she said, I was like, okay, good. I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah, and, and another thing about like the the visuals that they were like totally married and attached to is you kind of notice her stance, like her Captain Marvel stance, where she kind of has her arms out and it's like a fighting stance that they, they kept like injecting it into the movie. And then by the end, when she does her get up, and you realize she's been doing this like stance since she was a little girl, you're kind of like, oh, I kind of got just she's always just been now. a hero. She's always been a badass. She's yeah. always been a hero. She's always been Captain Mar- Marvel. Uh, so yeah, I, I love that. Um, all right, let's get into star profiles. But before we do, I want to talk about, well, no, let's talk about what Brie Larson's been doing over the last couple of years. So the last time we've seen her in feature films is in 2017, other than Captain Marvel, obviously. The Glass Castle in 2017, Unicorn Store, and Basmati Blues. Ask me how many of those I've heard of. Uh, exactly. I, exactly. I have not heard of any not of them. Not a one. Nope. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't and, heard of them. And I really like her. And also, I see indies multiple times a week. And also, I'm in this space. You, you're at I the, do not know those Almost movies. every screener that I'm ever yeah. at, you're there. And you go to like ten times as many as I do. And the fact that you've never even heard of them. Is, I feel bad about it. It's shocking. But I haven't. I don't know. I know. And that's, and that's why we want to get in this conversation. So obviously, Sam Jackson on the complete other side of the spectrum Incredibles 2 last year Life Itself last year Glass this year Life Itself my favorite movie of last year really? I I haven't even seen it it has a 12% on Rotten Tomatoes most people hated it and it's why I can't stand to live in this earth sometimes because it is it was by far and away my favorite movie of last year if you didn't see it because critics didn't like it go see this movie and make up your mind for yourself it's unbelievable I've never even heard of it who else is in it? It's Oscar Isaac. It's <sighs> Olivia okay. Wilde. Yeah. It, Annette Benning. Annette Benning. Yeah. Hi, <laughs> Jeff. Jeff Grant in the booth. Yeah. Once you up? guys started talking about Dan Fogelman, I had to get in. I was yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. So it's the creator of um, This Is Us that made a movie. I know this movie. I watched the trailer <laughs> Which is because I because I remember watching this trailer. I know, <laughs> I know this movie. I remember what because I got obsessed with This Is Us last year. I watched every single episode in a couple weeks. I cried relentlessly for if you like don't a cry month. During that, you, you don't have, have a, no yeah. soul. No and, soul. And then I remember like a, an article was like. Uh, 
creator of This Is Us, Dan Fogelman, blah, 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 feature film, even the trailer will make you cry. And I watched the trailer and I cried. This movie's amazing and you're going to love it. And people who don't like it, it's their prerogative because it's different and it's not something for everybody. But if you're one of the people who it moves you, it's moved my whole articulate. I can't articulate even how much I, it's everything. It's I can't so believe I forgot about it. Even uh, Ben Bateman know, in the I chat here oh. says life itself is was great. I Yeah, I know. I, I had this poof, epiphany. So, talking about these two in their careers, now we're going to get into a game that we always play, or not always play on the show, but like to play. It's Brie Larson, overly sieged, underly sieged, or properly sieged, and if you don't know what we're talking about, it's just rated. We just replaced Under Siege. It's a movie. Steven's, anyway. That's really good. Thank you. Thank you for explaining it to uh, us us little people here. (laughs) Um, And I'm I'm going to go in first, and I'm going to say that Brie Larson is properly rated. I would have said she's underrated, and even though I didn't love her in this movie, She's a good actress, and she can carry a film, and she's got this thing that we talk about called movie star charisma. And even if she, even if maybe she doesn't deserve to be Captain Marvel, which I think she does, she hasn't been given a chance enough to show who she is after winning an Oscar. And too many people talk about Jacob Tremblay winning her an Oscar. That's not how it works. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Like I she, wish, because then I, I think I'd have more. Right? Yeah, because I've I've talked to people that are very talented yeah. in my life. Can you guys win me an Oscar, please? Exactly. Five films since winning an Oscar. Captain Marvel, obviously, this is a very great feeling for her, I'm sure, to like not work much and then be placed in the biggest franchise or entity in the movie world. But I think that now she's just properly rated, and if Captain Marvel hadn't come out yet, completely underrated. I also, so that you don't think I'm cheating, Mm -hmm. wrote properly. Okay. I also think she's properly rated. I think that uh, The Room was... Or just room. The room is the yeah. other one. Yep. Room. <laughs> I mix them up all the time. Very different I, movies. Yeah, I'm the worst at that. It was really good, and she was unbelievable in it. And I thought that she was a perfect Captain Marvel after seeing this movie. Yeah. That being said, what you talked about her having movie star charisma. Charisma. Yeah. I don't actually see that that much. Yeah. Uh, I see. I think she's really talented. I think she can embody a role incredibly well and I'm excited to see her do that more Mm -hmm. but I don't know if it if when I look at her she has that it that Margot Robbie it right that Gal Gadot it that I'm thinking of the other female superheroes that when they just have it and that's actually something that I think really works to her advantage yeah and will make her be more of a chameleon and I think that that's what she's going for as an actress is that she wants to really blend into these characters so that you don't look at the screen and say, oh, that's Will Smith. Right. You look at the screen and you see see the character. And I, I think that she's very talented. I'm excited to see her grow. But can I say that she's underrated at this point? No, she was just the biggest superhero in the world. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a really, really good point. Because, yeah, I mean, like I said, I saw glimpses of this movie star charisma thing, but I didn't feel like she had it like completely as as those other women that you mentioned do but maybe she is just going to be one of the greatest female character actors we've ever seen moving forward like i'd be totally down with that i'd like to see a chameleon definitely me too excuse me maybe she only does one movie a year and she pulls that thing that some actors do yeah which is hey if that's what you want to do then then you know more power to you so guys let us know in the chat what you think if she is overrated underrated or properly Rated. We're going to get into a little bit of production development. Um, we don't have a ton of time, so I want to talk mainly about Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck because they are bizarre. It's it's so crazy. 
they directed this. They're they're a married couple. They've you know worked on other films like uh, Half Nelson, which I really love. I didn't see it. And everybody's now talking about it's it. It's so good. It's it's so sad but beautiful. And, and Gosling is. is I, I gotta excellent. check it out. I hear it's incredible. Yeah, I, I really right. really love that movie. Um, Sugar. Uh, it's kind of a funny story. Mississippi Grind and Captain Marvel, obviously. Now, this movie has been in production for five years or so, at least. I mean, Kevin Feige is a genius, and he's always, always thinking way ahead. And back in 2013, he was already saying he wants Captain Marvel and Black Panther to come into the space, but he isn't sure when they're going to, and they have to be origin stories, obviously. Um, and then in 2014, he'd kind of talked more about you know the, the development of Move Forward, but they'd spoke to different directors, different writers, and they finally landed on this team a couple years ago with um, Anna Bode and Ryan Fleck, Geneva, where is her name? Geneva Robertson-Dwart, who is also... She's interesting because she she wrote like the new Tomb Raider movie, and and I wasn't a big fan of that. And um, I liked it. You did, yeah. yeah? I liked it okay, fine. okay, good, good. Yeah. Um, I'm not gonna shout from the rooftops, but yeah, right. totally, it's right. Good. Well, she was hired to rewrite that, so maybe her doctoring is what made it a lot better. And she was originally supposed to um, be working on TV projects, I believe, with. Uh, with with you, uh, with Sony on products projects called Silver and Black. A team oh, that, that's a, uh, a superhero show. That's a uh, one that people have been really excited about. Yeah, so I guess she was originally supposed to write that, um, and I think she was removed of that to work on this. So I'm not interesting. I wonder what's going on with Silver and Black right now. I haven't checked in on the development of that for a, a while. I have no idea. Huh? Like I've never even heard of it. I think they're, because uh, I'm not as involved in Marvel, but I think that they're Spidey people, maybe? I mean, yeah, that's what it says about the Spider-Man characters, oh, Black even... Cat and Silver Sable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't, I don't know them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not why we're here, though. Um, but it's just cool, because I, I, I really like when the DGA only allows, from time to time, like, you know, the Coen brothers, obviously. But it's, like, very, very unique circumstances to put two directors on a film. And I think it's really cool that this married couple has been doing this since they essentially met in film school, like, at, I believe, at NYU. So um, I hope we see more from them, even from the people who didn't particularly like this movie. Yeah. Because uh, this is a weird story, and let's see what they got. Yeah, and that was one of the things Kevin always talked about with, with having them and signing them on, was that the way that they talked about Carol and kind of her struggles as a real human was why they wanted her or them to direct which makes so much sense uh, because that's what a lot of their other movies are about is the real human struggle and it's what Marvel does well they find these indie directors or people that they see have potential and they give them huge budgets and a big opportunity yeah, yeah, and I'm sure with like you know the the direction of Marvel Studios, it helps them obviously be on brand for Marvel, but then get to show these indie qualities that you talked about. Um, so this movie was actually one of the cheaper movies produced by Marvel. It was only a hundred only 152 million dollars. It was distributed by Buena Vista. It was released March 8th of 2019. It's grossed already 164 million domestic and 325 million worldwide for a grand total of just under half of a billion. Uh, it opened at number one. Last weekend at 153 million, at number 18 of all time. Which I so to talk a little bit about these numbers. How do you feel about how it did? I think it. You know? I mean, 
I you can't argue with the fact that it worldwide and total gross that's insane. Yeah, it's insane. Uh, do I think that this is going to do what Black Panther did? No. Right. But do I think that they're stoked on these numbers right now and they're laughing straight to the bank? <laughs> oh my god! To all the people who beforehand were like, yeah. "You should not go see this movie. Everybody go see Alita instead. Screw this movie because of comments that." Brie Larson made, do you know about all Yeah, this? what the hell was that all about? So I, I saw it was a little bit like self-sabotaging Brie Larson. That's what changed this whole Rotten Tomato policy. But maybe you can break it down a little bit more in depth. Uh, essentially, Brie Larson made a comment that she, I think she misspoke. And she was saying, trying to say, well, what she did say mm-hmm. was, when I look out and people are interviewing me and I'm at these junkets, all I see are white men. And I think what she was trying to do was encourage the studios or networks that are sending people to send people of color, to send women or whatever. But really, she didn't phrase it well. Right. She definitely did not phrase it well. And it was very alienating to white men, white men who we all know love the Internet. So then (laughs) said white men decided to boycott what her film was and also they were upset because Shazam's coming out soon and Shazam was, the, was Captain Marvel at one point so they they boycotted they were sending her death threats all of these horrible things so crazy. Uh, Zachary Levi came to her defense as well and was like what are you talking about go see both movies we don't care if you go see a Marvel movie go support everybody he started getting death threats for coming to her defense so it was a whole thing that is so crazy now I get it. to do I get that like you said, she probably could have spoken a little bit Clearer. better, a little more clearly, and uh, it's definitely not the best thing to do to alienate an audience right before your film comes out. Um, that being said, I'm very happy Rotten Tomatoes changed their policy. People should not because be everybody to... was going on to Rotten Tomatoes and was saying that this movie sucked and there hadn't been any screenings no and they had not yet. seen it. Exactly, which is not fair. It's not the way that the, that the world works. So uh, I'm glad that got fixed. IMDb gives it a 7.1. The true Rotten Tomatoes tomato meter gives it a 79. And the audience gives it a 63. Now, again, that second number is always going to kind of be affected by by that that happened because those guys can now that the movie's out they can they still can. go and rate and review but it is interesting because this is the kind of movie where i would think the audience score would be higher than the tomato meter me too actually i i completely agree i figured the critics would be a little bit more uh harsh on this but honestly over the last few weeks we've covered such uh differing opinions from critics and audience like even with alita like a 90 from audience and like a 30 from critics or whatever it's just it's absolutely crazy to me same thing with life itself by the way yeah 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 um so I know that we're getting a little close on time today I really want to talk about your your marvel the women of the MCU because, yeah because you know as you said earlier you know women better than I do you know what this uh this assignment you know what this <laughs> this homework. allowed me to do though hmm. realize how many bomb women there are in the MCU incredible I, I was really happy that you asked me to do this because I didn't feel that way really uh, I, I well I knew that there were great women in it but I was just like there's just we have such low ratio there's just so many more men and that is true but the women that are there really stand out they're so important. Yeah, and so I was really happy about this and had a really hard time with it. Yeah. Because having my top five women in the MCU was not enough. Right. You were like, give me three to five, and I was like, I have 20. What do I do? (laughs) But here are my five. Okay. Starting with my fifth place, she just secured this spot, especially because I'm so excited to see more and how incredibly powerful she is, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, okay. And I love how quirky 
she is in this she role. Is, yeah. She's not trying to be hot, and we definitely don't see that very often. That is so true. She's weird. She's weird. She's a weird chick, which who is happens like, to be beautiful, of course, but she's weird, and that's the thing. And I know so many like women out there that love and identify so much with like the cute, quirky girl that doesn't doesn't have to try to be a, a ten all the time. No, she's just doing marching to the beat of her own drum, and I really like that. And there's that. something very attractive about that as well. I agree. I agree. Coming in at number four, think, I think that people are going to be surprised by this because it's different than who usually they pull from this movie. Mine would be Nebula. Okay. I think she is so badass. Yeah. And. There's multiple scenes in which you're watching her get just the most tortured and the most effed with that just make me feel for her yeah. in a way that I don't necessarily feel for heroes or villains ever. Uh, not that she's a villain, but whatever you want to call that anti-hero thing that she's got going on. Like even her moments where she's like, I just wanted my sister to like love me or whatever she says. And you're just like, oh, and I love Gamora. But, I do too. But it's yeah. Nebula for me. That's so So she comes crazy. in at my number four. My number three uh-huh. is somebody who I've, an actress I've loved for a long time as a huge fan of Lost. I'm talking about Wasp here. Yep, yep, okay. She, she is, talk about quirky. She's quirky, but she's also so effing smart. And it's yeah. the first time we've seen in a uh, in Ant-Man and the Wasp a woman superhero who is infinitely smarter than her male counterpart. Oh, and even in the original Ant-Man, I was on like... On the big screen. I was like, I just want to see her kick ass. And she's... And it, even in the trailer, when she's like, well, if yeah. I was there, would that have happened? Kind of thing. Yeah. Like, you you messed this up, buddy. And I would have done it way better. And that was really cool. Number two, we haven't seen that much of her, but every second that she was on screen, she stole everything from oh, me. And that is Shuri. Yep, I knew she, you were going to say Shuri. She is what these movies should be making. Yep. Like, this is what we should be seeing because the brains on her connected with that wit and just the quickness of her. She's funny. She's feisty. You love her. She's the best part of the movie. She really is. I turned Black Panther on to go to sleep like two nights ago and I got to the part to where she's starting to show T'Challa all the new gear and she's like, what are those? Like, the shoes... Everything in that scene. She's excited, yeah. I didn't know who she was. I'd never seen her before. Me and neither. That scene, by the end of it, I remember turning. I think I did watch it with Ben. I turned, I was like, I love her. She's everything. She is incredible. I love that she's your number two. And my number one, this person has a big, big place in my heart. And it, it kind of similar to Cilantro, I guess. I don't know how to describe why I love her so much. But every time she, every time she does anything with her powers, I'm like, that's my girl, and it's Scarlet Witch. Yes! Scarlet Witch is my number one. Yes. I, she embodies all the things a superhero should be. We get to see the softer side of her. We get to see the romantic side of her. We get to see her as a friend. Yeah. Every, and we get to see her kick effing butt. Yes. And so Scarlet Witch is my number one. That I, I absolutely love it. And, and, and again, Ben and I break down our top five, and I will tell you that Scarlet Witch is in both of our top threes, I believe. Really? Yes, she 100% is. I love... She's literally holding back Thanos and destroying a soul stone or uh, an infinity yeah, stone at the same time. Boom. Same time. Piss off, sir. Yeah. Piss off. Like Killing she's the, the best. man that she loves. Amazing. You know who wasn't in mine? Black Widow. Yeah. I understand that. I think she actually might have been in ours. Maybe it's just like a nod, but I But that's strange, right? I, yeah, I don't I don't love her though. I don't love her. Yeah. I really like her. 
I yep. don't love her, and I never did. Yeah, I'm in. The, I'm in the same boat, uh, guys. So we are running very short on time. I do want to get to two more things very quickly. Next up is favorite line, Roxy Stryer. What is your favorite line? Okay, my favorite line, because this is me all of the time. I have nothing to prove to you. God damn it! It had to happen you once on this show. First. It you had to happen first. on the show. It's exactly what I, I have, have written down. I have nothing to prove to you. You think in that moment Ugh. somehow he's going to convince her yep. to go to war with it, whatever it is. Boom. Done. Done. I have, Shot. I, I love have it. nothing to prove to you. Dot, dot, dot. You bitch. <laughs> It's so true. And I love it. He's so pathetic. And you can so tell pathetic. he's trying to be like the worst, uh, like the worst manipulating man ever who's mansplaining a bunch of shit. And then she just shoots him. I have oh. nothing to prove to you. And that's what we felt the whole time with her. Yep. With her sticking up for the wrong people and everything. I have nothing to prove to you. I Bye. love it. It had to happen. I'm so glad it finally did. It's we written did it. right here on the paper. Uh, yeah, I have nothing I to like prove to you. I like that you had something to prove to me. You had to show me that. I had to show you. Exactly. I did not steal your... Uh, I have something to prove to you. <laughs> Here it is. Uh, guys, so AMA question this week is brought to us, as always, from Instagram. We do a game on there every single week. We usually put up a, a sound clip or a clip from a movie, and the first person to respond gets to ask a question on air. And uh, we answered Ashraf.aos on Instagram asked this. He answered our interstellar question. Um, he asked us, do you we really need Oscar-caliber actors in superhero movies like Brie Larson, or do we need action stars with charisma and screen presence? Brie, although a powerful performer, do you feel she was miscast as Captain Marvel? Um, I love that question. I think it's a very, very good question. Uh, would you like to jump in first? I think that we need both, for yeah. sure. I think that if you want these movies to be taken seriously, because come Oscar time, every single person says, why wasn't this movie nominated? Why isn't this being looked at? And with Heath Ledger being nominated, with Logan being nominated for screenplay, mm-hmm. with Black Panther being nominated for Best Picture, people are starting to take these movies seriously. Yeah. And without Oscar-caliber performers, these movies do not get the credit they deserve. So we need that. But at the same time, do I want to see them blow stuff up? Right. And do I want to see them kick butt yep. and do a kick higher than their head? Yes, I do. So I need the action stars. So that combination of both I think is perfect. Do I think she's miscast? No, I do not. I think she was perfectly cast for the reason I said before. She's quirky. She's weird. She's not trying to be that hot hero. Mm-hmm. She's just her. And I and I think we saw that. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, the fact that we have an Oscar actress or an Oscar winning actor on screen next to someone like Dave Batista. And Dave Batista, who is honestly an incredible actor. I am so impressed by him. But he came from the opposite world of Oscars. So I think it's very important to have both. You need both, just as you said. I think I originally thought that Brie Larson was miscast in this, but the more I think about it, I don't know who else would do it. I think that she really enjoy or uh, really embodies that quirkiness, and I think that when she finally realizes how realizes how powerful she is, you do get that stoic, badass superhero woman that you want. Um, we'll find out moving forward how how well she really is cast in that position, but you need both. One hundred percent, you need both. We have to see how she plays with others. By yeah. the way, like. It- if if she can't keep up with the rest of the Avengers, then she is miscast. Exactly. But I have a feeling she's going to do just fine. Yeah, I, I think as we so. saw in that post credit scene or mid credit scene where 100%. she she was really there to play. Yeah, and it felt she the thing that I think was the the best about is she felt completely like she belonged there when she showed up. It mm-hmm. wasn't like here's Brie Larson, we got to have her in Endgame. It was like there's Captain Marvel. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, 
There are three action movie categories, Roxy. Totally ridiculous. Those are movies like Demolition Man or Face Off. Then we got totally legitimate movies that are maybe like Lone Survivor. They're completely rooted in the real world. There's really big stakes in them. And then there's ridiculously legitimate. The middle category movies like The Rock or Gladiator even. Movies that have like a really strong performance in them. But maybe there's get kind of silly at some points. I think you told me you wanted me to go first originally, but yeah, do you know where I'm, you... I'm screwed here. Yeah? I'm in between two, and I keep going back and forth, and the second I convince myself of one, I go with the other one. Right. And and I think I'm pretty sure those are totally ridiculous and ridiculously legitimate, yes, right? Yes, because it is both. It totally is. Yeah. And I think the reason it's the middle category is because it knows that about itself, and it executes it on the level that it wants to. I think it hits all the beats that it wants but there still are moments, like you said, when Sam gets his eye scratched out, or maybe even the first time that you see the cat. I mean, it's a flarkin, and there's an octopus coming out of it, or whatever's happening. Like, can we call that in any way legitimate? Right, and then and then the but, fact that they keep calling it a flarkin throughout, waiting for that moment. Yeah. yeah. But then we also have the relationship of of the two best friends that you know, and and the daughter who. Yeah. Hopefully, we end up seeing her storyline as she becomes a f- whatever. Yeah, I don't want to give spoilers, but there's so many things that don't make it legitimate that I think we have to pick that middle category. Yeah. If we're if we're torn, it means that it has to be that middle one. Yeah, and I really do. I love the relationship between her best friend's daughter and her. I think it's I think it's absolutely. Me too. Awesome. Uh, me too. And I'm excited to see more of her. And I love when she picked out her suit colors. That was super cool. That was really cool. Yeah, I yeah. love that moment too. See, it's growing on me. It's you. growing on me. I know. The more you talk about it. All right, guys. Cilantro. Last, <laughs> last thing on the show today. It's called The Pitch. Should I do it? No, we always do it. Together? We I, we never tell you anyone. count me in. Well, what's usually nice is we there's the two of us doing it and then the person that has no idea and they're always like... Like Koi and Emma. This time. this time it was just me. And also, I watch, so and I you know watch, that you do. You it. know, it's it's cool. <laughs> I ruined it. <laughs> I ruined it. Uh, we're going to be covering Split next week. Um, it, we've we've kind of worked our Ooh, way through this such a good trilogy. One. Uh, yeah, Ben and I both love Split. I love horror movies. I think that this is a great balance of horror and action. And it was kind of a a great way to see M Night pop back into the eyes of the uh, the general audience. Um, Big shout out to Hunter Ray Chambliss. He is the head of our news division at Action Industries. He requested that we do this movie. So, Hunter, this one's for you. Cool. Yeah. Are you going to do a split? We're going to do a split, like on the show? Mm-hmm. Definitely. You got to watch live. <laughs> uh, Roxy Both Sharp. Both of you in your tight suits. Uh, oh, my it's God. Gonna they would be so bad. Uh, where can the people find you? And is there anything that you want to plug right now that you're working on or coming up that, that we just need to see? All the things. But you can find everything by following me at Roxy Stryer and also that short crazy bitch that yeah. I just did. It's on my YouTube. So if you want to check that out, I'd really appreciate it. You definitely did a great job of taking everything at Roxy Stryer. You got all of them, didn't it, you? Well, it's lucky there's not... I don't know if there's another one right. of me. I've been looking for her. If she's out there. There's an Andrew guy in Texas that there's has like Andrew 130 guy? followers the on Instagram. Guy like you guys? Exactly. What? I know. I'm t- I've, t- I've thought about messaging him a bunch of times to like buy his Instagram page off of him. Mm-hmm. But I just don't know if I'm at that point yet. I don't know. Could be <laughs> worth it. Yeah, I, I snatched that stuff up real quick. Yeah, I need to, I need to get back on it. Uh, guys, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. Roxy, it was such a pleasure to have you on. We need to make sure it doesn't take two more years to bring you back. Well, you know my number, so. I do, I do. Uh, guys, mm-hmm. you can find us in the same place, same, actually different time, our normal time, 2 p.m. on Wednesday. Next week, we'll be covering Split. Have a great rest of your day. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. 
I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.